Welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Experts Podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Today's podcast is about triggers. It's a hot new word if you haven't heard it lately. And we have Jen Gallagher here from Single Parenting Solutions. She is a parent coach and a real life expert like us. And we are going to dig deep about triggers. It's something really important to understand, identify for yourself, for your own growth, but then also how it affects your family. So welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get going. What is a trigger? So, well, in terms of parenting littles in a co-parenting family, um, and the, when you say littles, you mean under the age of eight? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, toddlers, preschoolers, and children under eight years old. Because, you know, I also work with parents who have infants, but um, a lot of times just the basic uh, infant needs aren't necessarily triggering. Um, so it's more about the communication. So with, you know, co-parenting, you are interacting and you have constant interaction with somebody who is your ex. Um, somebody that you've broken that intimate relationship with and your children, because they're going from home to home, they, you too are their entire life. So they will share their entire life with both your ex and yourself. And a lot of the times because of that, those wounds um, from the breakup, maybe new wounds that arise during co-parenting, um, they really affect us and they affect our, um, our emotions. They affect our behaviors. Um, they, that carries into our parenting. Are you talking about like the kids coming back from the other partner's house, no, ex-partner's house, and then repeating things that they've heard? That, and then also just looking at them, to be honest, because if your child looks exactly like your ex and maybe you've gotten off of a phone call, a very heated discussion, and you see your child, even though you love your child absolutely, you know, more than anything in the world, just seeing almost the mini version of your ex can unearth some type yeah. of agitation with you. And wow. it's, hard, it's hard to, to admit that too. It's even but, like, it's an expression. For me, it's, it's expressions. It's, mm -hmm. it's a joke. It's a, it's so little sometimes, but it's wholly big. Mm -hmm. It's big. So a trigger is something that sets you off. Yes. Right. It, Just to define it. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's ours. So it doesn't have to do with the child. It's something that is said or something that is done or, you know, an external thing that affects us in a way that most likely is uncomfortable because triggers are not comfortable. So mm -hmm. it's, it's an uncomfortable, um, you know, reaction to something. So, so I mean, he's recognizing what they are. I mean, so talk us through it because it, what, like, what are the things that you have to, not you personally, but people listening, like, what are the things that we have to learn about ourselves to be able to manage those kind of triggers so that we don't fly off the handle all the time so that we're able to get through the day peacefully as peacefully as possible and um you know not be yelling and arguing and, and screaming all the time and not letting ourselves like just completely 
blow up over seemingly small things? So it's a, it's a lot of, of self-work work and healing that, that needs to take place in order to, I'd say, confidently approach different situations because they might just pop up, you know, all the time. But to, in the beginning, when you're kind of really examining this just from, from the beginning, is to identify the, the points or the times or the different situations that you've consistently felt, you know, triggered or consistently felt uncomfortable about. Noticing the pattern. Yes, yes. Noticing the pattern. I think it's hard to necessarily um, identify your triggers if you're not. For me, I'm not sure I would have identified them as easily if I weren't going to a therapist. Mm -hmm. Because then as you tell your story, then my therapist would say, well, use the word trigger or something else. Like this is something that sets you off. We have to we have to teach you how to respond in a way that's not going to hurt you and also send a bad message. So I'm not sure I would have identified triggers as easily if I wasn't kind of talking to a professional mm -hmm. um, about it. I mean, how do you do that on your own? So this is actually what um, a big component outside of just the practical tools to help your children navigate two worlds. But a major component to what I do with my clients is I help you take a, it's almost like a 24 to 48 hour inventory. So literally writing down any type of emotional uncomfortability that you face throughout the day to really see those, those patterns. And most likely if, if you're taking a 48 hour you know, inventory, those are going to be repeated for, you know, mm -hmm. you know, behave, they're just going to be normal things that, that kind of come up. So I have them hold a little, um, little notepad in their pocket and just whip out that, that notepad and write down like, like for me, for example, my son's uh, cowlick in his hair mm -hmm. is the same as his dad's. So, you know, if, if I was taking that inventory, you know, right after I was done, you know, combing his hair or something after bath time, I'd write it down, you know, and I'd write down that was making me uncomfortable at the time. So, and it really, it, you need to be honest that you're uncomfortable about it. That's the point where you're able to grow. Cause if you're not so honest. So does your son wear a hat in your house now? <laughs> no, but I did Sometimes get- Sometimes you gotta wear a hat in mommy's house. I don't know what to tell you. I'm having a bad day. <laughs> I did trigger my ex about my son's new haircut though. I found out after. So, you know, they're both, they're, they're back and forth. And, right. you know, and then those both on either side triggers, they can lead to combustion during, you know, pickups, drop-offs, right. um, phone calls, conversations, you know, and it, if we're accountable for our own self and our own self-examination, really we can sleep better at night because we don't create more damage. So it's like anyone who is trying a new, you know, I hate to use the word diet, but trying a new diet or wanting to keep track of their sleep habits or whatever it is, it's a little, it's a, journaling in a sense. Yeah. Keeping track, like writing down everything that goes in your mouth during the day for three days so that you can kind of identify what might be the bad things and also what times during the day you're eating those things because maybe you realize one of your triggers is this time of the day is going to lead to this kind of excessive snacking or something like that. 
So, okay, so keeping track of it that way is, is the way to identify it. And then now you've recognized what your triggers are, what some of your triggers are. I mean, how do you self-manage your own emotions I mean, I, I get angry at the same shit over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, I've known my ex for literally 30 years, 31 to be exact. And I, it still pisses me off. So how do you manage that? So you can do almost yoga, like in meditation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did so you say? Yoga, meditation. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, um, a lot of external things that you can do as in like reading mantras, maybe having them around the home, um, having a, um, I was going to pick up my book, but, um, you know, maybe a spiritual book of some sort that you feel attuned to that you can keep handy that you can just open up and read, um, breathing exercises. Um, but also once you are accustomed to identifying these, you, and you're able to stop you're able to also identify where they're coming from. So when they're coming from a place of hurt and coming from a place of um, somewhere where it's not like, so when it's coming from a place that you understand where it's coming from, it, the anger dissipates because it's more, um, it's like more bite-sized that you can, you can um, take it all in and it's not so heavy anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, for example, um, so my um, ex forgot to tell me that he was going on his honeymoon and- um, Easy to forget. Who yeah. doesn't forget that? <laughs> so he forgot. So he missed, you know, he missed a night and I went, my body felt really uncomfortable when it kind of came out in a text asking if he can make up days that he wasn't going to be here and he had already left by this time. And it made me really uncomfortable and it made me angry. But because I know exactly what that came back to, and it came back to when I found out I was pregnant, he was away on a trip. I felt that same, I'm not important, I'm not worth my time is not valuable to you. I'm not valuable to you. And I can't control that. You know, what I can control is my response and know that I am valuable to myself, you know, and so I don't need- Did you give him the extra nights? Oh, well, I could, I mean, he's away. He oh, oh. When he got back. Oh, yes. Well, and that too. Yeah, she's going on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> no, that too is, is because- you know, and that's, that's also my behavior too. If it fits in our schedule, of course, because that would be a disservice to my son, sure. even though it's like, oh, now I, we have to kind of, you know, um, manage things around. If it's not so much to kind of shift things around, then of course, I mean, it, it's still like, oh, that sucks, you know, right. Right. but still it's my son wants to go. It's, you know, he's, he's excited to go. So it would only be deserving to my son and not to anybody else. So it sounds like the first step when a trigger is hitting you is kind of like take a deep breath mm -hmm, and, and just don't say anything so you can register. Because if you respond on emotions, you might 
say and do a whole bunch of stuff that you really maybe didn't want to do, even though you might feel better after you like spew it out. Mm-hmm. But maybe if you just like stop, like I remember for me, the, that was all I can manage was like a few breaths. Anything else beyond that was too much to think about. But if something was like hurting my gut, like you were saying, I'd be like, okay, what am I going to do about this? Because I would just totally roll and it would just be a disaster. And in the end, I would look like a shit show, to be honest. And my message wouldn't get across properly because she'd be like, he'd be like, you know, she's emotional again. She's losing, you know, so you can't say it anymore. I took a breath and I got my shit together and my message is clear. So I think you also kind of throw off the other person when you don't allow those triggers to affect you maybe the way they did when you were married, you know, certain behaviors. And then they, they resonate with your children. There are tons of things that my kids do and say that, you know, whatever, he's their father. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I got to deal with that on my own. I don't want them to feel badly that he's their father. Um, I just kind of have to manage it on my own. So I think that first breath definitely helps you like for a few seconds to kind of maybe get aware with all about what you're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so understanding like child development and how you kind of respond to a child, especially from a standpoint of co-regulation, where if they're experiencing big emotions and they're having like an outburst, in order to have them regulate, we must regulate ourselves. So a dysregulated adult can't regulate a dysregulated child. And if you apply that to even a an interaction with your ex, where is you regulate yourself and you keep calm, many, many times you can de-escalate the situation. Yeah, it's hard. I just can't keep it, calm. It really is true. <laughs> I know. It's hard. I just can't keep calm. I'm yes. like, a part of my problem also, because I've watched the way TH does it over the years and I've heard her responses and, and it's very, she's very measured and it always is so well-crafted and well thought out. And she really is able to like present her message in a very clear way and, and in a firm way, this is how it's going to be done. Whereas I'm definitely more of the like respond right away, however I'm feeling. The problem I find sometimes is that when I try to take that breath and I try to take that step back and try to think about it more, it's a little bit of a weird situation. It's like, yes, I'm much calmer later and I've been able to diffuse the situation inside myself where maybe I'm not as furious about it. But then it's almost like I've passed the point of no return because then I'm kind of like, well, and I find that sometimes I'll let things roll off my back and I'll let things go because now it's like, well, the time, the moment has passed and now it's not really worth bringing up anymore. And so I can't seem to find that happy medium of like not responding right away because I have no filter and like letting it marinate too long where now it's like, I just, I don't even care anymore but I'm going to care a lot when it happens again. So my two tips that I always use and that are very, very effective for me is that in times of drop off or pickup, that there is no scheduling talk. There is no talk about, oh, you know, do they do this later? Do they do that later? Nothing. 
It is just solely about two people interacting with their kid because that sometimes is the only time that your child sees you together, mm -hmm. you know, now. Right. So it's more of like, hey, um, I hope you have so much fun with daddy or hey, what are you going to do with mommy? And it's just that free, open, um, you know, kind of picture and comfortable experience that you provide for your kids. Right. So oh, divert always to a phone call or a text message. Mm -hmm. They're real calling. Hey, why don't you text me later? Or um, let's talk about this on the phone. Right. And right. It, it always works because you can always say, hey, let's talk about it on the phone. You know right. what I mean? Like, and if you just keep on saying it, I mean, they'll feel weird. Keep on asking you questions, <laughs> you know? Um, and then also with texting back or with responding back, say, you know, you know that talking is, you know, not one of your strong suits that if there's, they say something that you're going to come back, you know, swinging, then try to keep everything to text messages. And then if you feel compelled to write something when you are heated, instead of writing that text, or instead of a lot of people write the text and then delete, I don't know. When I'm heated, I can't push that delete button. Like I push the send button. I'll write it in my notes sometimes. So I keep it, and this is what I help my clients with. I keep it off the phone completely. So you don't even have that almost like that, like candy of a, like an option. So I grab a piece of paper and for, for me to go around my house and try to find a piece of paper and a pen, <laughs> that's that like, almost like taking a beat. Right. You know, taking a beat. It's making you slow down. Right. And then writing it down. And then maybe if I have to write down my aggression, that's an act of journaling. And then maybe I have to write it a couple times until it's concise. And it's something that I would approve being said back to me. It's so funny because it, I've learned over, over the last five years in particular, um, the whole idea of being heard how important it is. And so what Jessica's saying, like she wants to be heard. She wants her kids to hear that this is not the way it's gonna go. And For my um, even putting it on paper though, you almost feel like you're being heard mm -hmm. because you're putting it out into the world. It's not just spinning in your head. Mm -hmm. But what I have also found, and I actually spoke to my therapist about it today, about a situation I'm dealing with, is I had a heated situation with one of my kids and I just kept drilling it home. I just could not let it go. And I was not being heard because the time wasn't right. My kid was not in a place that they were gonna hear anything. So I actually am going to revisit it, even though it was really important at the time, I don't want it to lose its importance, but I need to make sure that I really am heard. So I, I think that in some situations, like you got to get right on it. Like you're going to eat a razor blade. That's clearly something that has to get addressed right away. But like disobeying and even using bad language, I feel like I'm heard more during a quiet time mm. where my kid is like in a good headspace. Because if my kid's not in a good headspace, I'm just spewing shit and they're spewing shit back at me and nobody's being heard. And I feel like, you suck. And he thinks I suck. And, and I've not done anything except piss myself off. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, that's something that, that actually I am going to address and am addressing, but 
waiting till they're in like a calm, like you're playing Legos together or you're coloring together and then you can bring it up because you know that you're going to be heard. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to say though, I think such an important thing that you said though, Jen, was that you, you'll write it and you'll revise it until you're, you're okay that it's an, no, that it's right. That, well, that it's an acceptable message for you to hear back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, tell it's, us that again, because that's yeah, like, a important. well, that's the, that's, that's the accountability factor, um, with all of this. And that's, that's what I really, really believe. Um, because when we're accountable for our behaviors and we're accountable, um, and that means also repairing, you know, damages that we've might've done, um, we're not only growing ourselves because then we can have, um, hold our heads high and live and feel amazing when we put our heads down on the pillow. But we're also modeling that for our little kids who pretty much at the early stages of development learn through observation. So they learn through modeling. So when they see mommy yelling at daddy, they're going to see, think that yelling is acceptable. They're gonna repeat that behavior. And then we're gonna say, oh, you're not allowed to yell at me, but it's like you yelled at daddy, you know? So it's like that whole cycle and it kind of filters throughout the whole family. So it, I, I feel taking accountability and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. Who likes to admit when they're wrong or who likes right. to admit when, you know, they're not ideal or the, you know, doing the best that they can do, you know, nobody does. But when you, when you think about how good you'll feel putting your head down on the pillow at night, I don't know, it's just a really freeing feeling. I just love also just the message, which is kind of how I try to hold myself, like just do the right thing, be the bigger mm -hmm. person and do the right thing. And so your message of like, you don't wanna send a message to your ex that you would not appreciate them sending to you, I think is mm -hmm. really powerful. And I, I, yeah. I think that it's just something that everyone really needs to keep in mind. So um, we're gonna have to stop there today. <laughs> Thank you again so much, Jen. For anyone listening, if you're interested in reaching out to Jen directly, we have all of her contact information on our website at xexperts.com. And if you have questions about this, about triggers and how to handle them, um, let us know what they are so that we can continue the conversation on our social media and through future episodes with Jen to come back and, and answer what you want. And follow Jen on Instagram. It'll give you a chuckle for your day at Single Parenting Solutions. I mean, that's really how I found her. I was like, oh my God, this is hysterical. And my kids are already old, but I totally appreciate it. And she'll just make you feel like you're not alone, which is <laughs> a it. good feeling when you're going through this stuff. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all that would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X-Experts, that's E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.